This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 470, recorded on November 27th, 2020. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way in your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. We had great weather for Thanksgiving. And, uh, and of course, we'll post the show with a few show notes, a lot of conversation tonight. And so I don't think we'll have too many links, but of course, you can get access to the full transcript and a a little summary of some of the things we talked about out at the averageguy.tv for this show. Just put in a, you know, put slash and then HGG470. Big thanks to Hover for supporting us on tonight's episode. Of course, you can go out to the averageguy.tv slash Hover, purchase a domain. Sammy, do you, do you have a domain yet? Have we gotten you one? We have some. I think I had one for you at one point in time. We, right? we let it go. Uh, yeah, a while back, but we have some in in the bank for a potential future. Some ideas of domains, right? And so, and I think we had like the average girl or something like that. By the way, is that- The average girl.me, I believe was the domain that I had. And and before we do the hover thing, it's 2020. Is the average guy, is that, that's not, is that a gender problem? Do I have a- No. Am I okay? You're okay with having a gender dad. Okay, but I mean, I know, but- like is that is that you're allowed? Ins- okay, no. all, right. all right, good. All right, I just want to make sure because you know you're allowed to identify with your own gender. I know, but is that a is that for the for the ladies? Is that for is it you know this we have this idea of identification with it? Is it a problem? I mean, you don't, like call your audience the average guys. So it's like true. no, it's it's not all weird. Right. All right, all right. Of course, That's we'll, we'll the good. <laughs> Good enough. If you head out to, if you want a domain, and we're going to be buying Sammy a new domain this summer, we're going to talk a little about that here in just a second. You can head out to the slash hover, save $2 on your first domain that you're out there if you're a new customer. Uh, you support the show when you do that. So I appreciate it again. Check it out, slash hover. If you, if you need to, here, we'll just, we'll just put this up and let it sit there for a second. <laughs> if you, uh, if you, um, then you can partner it with Maple Grove Partners. So you get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting for that site. Of course, that's Maple Grove Partners. Uh, you can go out to maplegrovepartners.com. Christian has plans out there for as little as $10. Head out maplegrovepartners.com. Pair it with the averageguy.tv slash hover. Support us in what we do. We appreciate that as well. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing that. Sammy is back. It's her fourth show. So the hat trick is over. You're on number four. Sammy, welcome back to Home Gadget Geeks. Thanks for having me again. Good to have you. Uh, we just got through a pretty awesome Thanksgiving. We, yeah. I checked last, you've been on three shows now, I think 403, 425, and uh, 454. 425 was last year, the 29th, uh, 2019, uh, November 29th. And I, I went back and looked at the transcripts. We didn't talk about Thanksgiving at all. And that is like, for me, that's the pinnacle of my my dad duties, right? Of like cooking the bird and and making sure everything's perfect. We we had uh, we had most everybody over, mm-hmm. and uh, tried to practice as much. You know, everybody kind of 
tried to do their best the week before to make sure we weren't uh, spreading COVID around. That's kind of one of those things you need to do now, I think, as we think about that. Um, uh, okay, so like I, I posted in the Discord group a picture of the turkey. You saw it. You actually make the bacon weave. I do the legendary bacon weave every year. And this one, dare I say, was the best one yet. That thing was robust. We had the best technique so far for getting it onto the turkey in one piece. And it stayed. And it got nice and crispy because you did the different thing this year. Yeah. Yeah. So Beautiful. we, we tr uh, traditionally, we would wrap it in tinfoil, leave a little yeah. hole around the top, and then it would just kind of bubble in its, you know, bubble in the juices on there. And it was fine. It was always good. Mm -hmm. Uh, this year, uh, we instituted a new brine, so 24 hours. Mark Robson, who's kind of our barbecue expert on Home Gadget Geeks, has been talking to me about brining a turkey forever. And so I finally put all the things together. We got a 20-pound turkey. Uh, I looked up the brining methods and uh, kind of made it, kind of made up my own. A lot of salt, a lot of water. And then I think we mixed in some thyme and some other things in the water to make it work. I boiled it. So I got that water going. So it would dissolve the salt, poured that in on some cold water, kept it at a certain temperature, brined it for the very first time. So try to keep it below 40 degrees just so that we wouldn't be encouraging things to grow <laughs> in that water, which uh, it's only going to be out there for 24 hours. And it was outside too. And we, we it's been pretty chilly. So yeah. I wasn't too worried about it. But then, uh, of course, you did the weave, and we put the bacon weave over the top. One of my family members said it looked like, like a sweater for the turkey, which is pretty great. That's beautiful. It did look it did look great. We roasted it because I've been roasting uh, and smoking chicken on the grill and kind of open, not in a closed, but in an open uh, kind of cooking position. The chicken's been really good, mm -hmm. and so I thought, well, let's just let's that just just do that with the turkey. Samantha, I, it was the, I, I mean, I want to brag. It was good. Oh, so Crushed it. Yeah. The, so the secret is the bacon holds all the moisture in. Yeah. I think it helps. You don't get ridiculously dry white meat. I, I think it helps. I did pour some Oktoberfest in with it as well, just to kind of get those flavors going and, but no basting. No, I think with the brining, no, uh, Mike, we'll hear from him next week. He was going to do the, he was going to inject the butter. You know, they, you can inject the oh, butter yeah. into it, do that's it that way. Thing now, and also like putting butter under the skin. That's the trendy thing as well. Maybe at some point we'll try that. Keeps things. No, actually, I don't No, I don't think I'm going to do yeah. that. I think, no, no I, I'm going to work. I'm going to work try the magic that we learned this year, which is just, just, yeah. Like, I think I'm pretty sure it was the brine. The yeah. the low temperature, I never got above 300. So it was always between 225 and 250. A couple of times I had a hard time regulating. I did run out of gas in the middle of it. So I had to switch tanks and it got, it got cool for a few minutes. But, boy, you could really taste the smoke and you could really taste the brine. And, uh, man, that was just freaking amazing. So. Mark, Mark Robson, thank you for your, your tips on those. Uh, many others who we've talked about this. We do have a barbecue section in the Discord group. If you haven't joined us over there, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. If you want to jump in there, we've got a barbecue beer. Uh, we've got a, a fitness, which hasn't lately, probably needs more, but hasn't been getting much traffic. Ham radio. Um, some content suggestions are there. Um, we've got a bunch of, of topics if you want to jump in Discord. The average guy.tv. So thumbs up on, on Thanksgiving, Sammy? 
delightful. What was your favorite part? What did uh, what do you like I mean, besides the turkey, which let's just say is far and above everything else? But what comes in second for you on food wise or like the day wise? Just the day, maybe whatever. I liked everybody sitting around in the backyard on the deck, just mm. chilling. Yeah, we, we lit a few candles. That's our code. That's our code. Candles are our, our code word here because we don't want to get thrown off YouTube. They've been a little aggressive about those kinds of things. So, so we lit some candles and in, enjoyed the time with each other. That was that was your favorite time. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's always good at Collison House. So we had a good time. Today was kind of a down day, and yeah. I was telling Sammy we probably could have gone a little earlier tonight to get this thing rolling, but. We're here, and I'm glad we're here. I'm glad you're here. If you came out to join us live, thanks for uh, coming out. Sammy, um, you spent, if you, for folks that don't know, let's just do a little bit of a recap because you, you've been on a bunch, but not everybody has listened to those. Give me uh, like two minutes on your background. What are you doing? Where are you at? What are you hoping for? Those kinds of things. So I'm a senior at Northwest Missouri State University. I'm a journalism major, and I write for the news section at the Northwest Missourian. Um, newspaper is the thing that I'm trained in, but I also love new media. I love podcasting. So I'm hoping to get into that sphere come graduation time, which is the end of this upcoming summer. And I am not terrified at all. <laughs> Such good confidence. <laughs> you know, it, well, it's a little terrifying, even under the best of circumstances. Yeah. It's and, been a, weird, a weird year for sure. Yeah. And, and well, you know, and there's, there's, you got a couple things going against you, if I can say it in that way. And one, not just that, not just the economy, which is pretty obvious, but journalism is under assault, right? I mean, it has been, it has been the last few years. uh, It has been a weird, it's just been weird for journalists and that the industry has radically changed. We're going to talk about this here towards the end of the show because I have some ideas. So I'm going to float some things by you tonight on yeah. some things for your future. So hang tight for that as well. But it has really, I mean, I think journalism has really taken it on the chin. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, and, and if there's ever an area that's had to pivot, uh, uh, Jeff Katerba, right? Our friend, yeah. Jeff, uh, he is a cartoonist or was a cartoonist for the Omaha World Herald, which is a uh, our newspaper here in town, been around for a million years. Um, and he's been a cartoonist there for, I don't know, what do you think, 20? As long as I can remember. 20, 25, 30 years, something like that. He's been a long time. And a friend of the family. And um, Jeff's a great guy. But they let him go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so Jeff pivoted and is now on Patreon. And yeah. I think I think it's going to do okay. Like, I think he's he pivoted pretty fast. He must have got some good advice. Yeah. And he and his son are doing a, a collaborative cartoon on their own. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I think, um, Sammy, I think Jeff's a good example as we think about where we're going to go with you and and mm-hmm. how we kind of launch your career. I, I think that's a little bit of a model. So we'll save that here towards the end of the show. Um, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about the election and not necessarily yeah. the politics of it, but but the kind of the mechanics that went into it. That's you right. as a journalist yeah. on campus going through that give me a little bit a little bit of a run-up what was it like running up to the election for you guys as a paper so yeah we're we're in a pretty small college town um in in northwestern missouri and we 
there's only one other newspaper in town and we're both weeklies. So we're even competition with each other. And so this year we really wanted to make sure our election coverage was stellar, knock it out of the park, especially since we weren't able to print physical papers this semester because ad revenue was down due to COVID. And so we've been shifting so much into our online sphere. And so we ran a bunch of prep stories ahead of time and really delved into the down ballot candidates and issues and covered those thoroughly. So that way people knew what they were voting for once they got their ballots, especially since a lot of people were voting early. We had to start so much sooner than we normally would. Like we started covering stuff in early October because I, I turned my ballot in mid, mid late October. And so we were covering ballot issues and local elections. And then when it came to election night, it's really a huge team effort, especially between me and the news editor, Kendrick, with him at City Hall, or was it the county? It was the county admin building and me in the newsroom. And so he's sending me live updates of city counts and I'm putting them on social and on the website. And so like that's that. Truly, newsrooms are a communal joint effort, and that's the thing that we don't want to lose in the midst of this kind of, I hate saying war on news and war on truth, but it is. And newsrooms are getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and COVID is causing a bunch of people to have to work separately. But it was nice to have that classic newspaper atmosphere of us sitting around writing stories as we're getting results in. Um especially with the big, the big issues in our county were the sheriff's race and then some, uh, some Missouri constitutional amendments. Back in May of uh, 2019, you were on, we talked a little bit about is podcasting journalism. Yeah. Uh, You said yes. Um, As a journalist, we talked a little bit about, you know, being fair, being uh, trying to be, uh, you know, not biased towards Mm -hmm. things. How I mean, this was a pretty, this was a, a pretty interesting election to say the least. For sure, especially at the national level. How do you, uh, how do you continue to stay, whatever the word is that you want to use, neutral uh, news or impartial is probably the right word. How do you stay impartial in there while all that stuff's going on? Well, I think the fortunate thing is that when you work in a local, a smaller paper you are not the authority on national issues. And so it's less of your job to write about the national issues. So you can kind of just like keep that off your professional mindset. Like we had it going on on the TVs in the background, but that's not what we were writing about. That's not what we were tweeting about. And so it's so much easier to delve into the local elections and local ballot issues because we can interview those people. Like we, for the first time as a paper endorsed a candidate the editorial board endorsed a candidate in the sheriff's race because we had the opportunity to do thorough interviews with those candidates and make an educated, informed decision based on facts and truth. Um, Do you think newspapers should be endorsing candidates? I think it's a case by case basis. Um, I don't think it's always the most use because the thing is you want to do what's best for your audience. Right. And so if you are just introducing bias into your coverage, then it's not going to do much and it's going to make your audience question your credibility. But in our case, we had a major issue of a candidate not telling the truth and not being transparent about their past. And so we felt it was our obligation to our readers. Well, I'm not on the editorial board, but I agreed with the editorial board's decision that we had to bring those issues to light. And in order to do that, 
in a transparent way, it had to go on our editorial page. Like it just made the most sense to just come out and endorse a candidate. But that is in any other election year, it's not something that we do. We don't endorse candidates on the national level and we usually don't endorse local candidates. But when it comes to something that that's, that there's a major kind of almost objective moral issue, then is, is somebody just straight up lying throughout their campaign, then sometimes it is useful to your readership to be like, this person is not telling the truth. Maybe you shouldn't vote for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Jim, you know, Jim, this is, I think, the trap that you get into. And Jim says it doesn't see how it's possible to be unbiased if you're officially endorsing one candidate over the other. I think it I think it is an interesting. It puts newspapers, it puts media in an interesting uh, conundrum, conundrum uh, uh, in in the endorsing area. Um, A year ago, no, four years ago, you were a senior in high school and the last major election. When you think about technology and the way you followed the election this year, how do you think it's different this year versus it was four years ago for you in your use of technology and just, you know, uh, keeping up? And and maybe in some ways you don't think about it that way because it's just a part of what you do. But what did you how do you think your, your use of technology to track things changed? I don't think the technology itself was that different. The four years ago, but uh, me knowing how to use it is a lot different. And thinking about what people want and what they want to see and how they want their information portrayed to them, we have learned a lot about how best to use our Twitter and Facebook accounts for those separate audiences. There's obviously, when it comes to a small town that has a college in it, there's huge demographic differences between our Twitter audience and our Facebook audience as you can probably guess. Mm -hmm. And um, using the assets that are built into our website, we use, um, what are the words? Uh, (laughs) We we use town news, uh, a CMS, that's what it's called. We We use town news as our CMS and we have learned a lot about how to boost our engagement through search engine optimization and through social using that platform. So that way we get further reach all of the things we've learned through our editor-in-chief did a great internship with the Kansas City Star, where she learned a lot. We've had a lot of reporters be able to go to conventions recently and learn from experts. And so we just felt a lot more prepared going into this election with a lot of us on the editorial board and in senior staff positions, having so much more experience as, undergrad- or as uh, underclassmen going into this year. We just mm-hmm. felt more confident in our abilities and what we were doing rather than just putting things in a print paper and hoping that people read it. <laughs> well, and that's another interesting area that a paper has to worry about. You're, you are trying to reach the most amount of yeah. viewers, readers as you can, right? Because, uh, you know, you guys have, it's been a struggle um, like every paper for circulation and, and you give out the paper, you give it away for free. And so you have to have advertisers, mm-hmm. which means, you got to prove to the advertisers it's going to get read, right? I mean, it, yep. it it puts us, hey, as podcasters are in the same spot, you know, we want to we want to attract advertisers. When they give us things to review, you know, you kind of want to give them a, you, you kind of, you're tempted to be favorable towards it just because you're like, well, they did kind of give it to me, you know, type deal. So do you, do you feel like, 
do you feel like there's a good separation between the the advertisers and the and and what you can say in the paper? Yes, that is the one thing that I love about traditional journalism and why I've stuck so hard to it is there is a definitive line between what is advertised content and what is editorial content. Like it, it there's literally a dividing line across the middle of the page. And we don't do sponsored posts. We don't take gifts or sponsorships from businesses. And so it's like, this is what we're saying, regardless of what the people that are paying us say. There's always issues where sometimes you write something and an advertiser drops you. We had that happen with an on-campus organization who was advertising with us and they stopped advertising with us because we are critical of them. But, you know, sometimes it's for the greater good of your audience. And that's just the line that you walk. I mean, yeah. we're still afloat and we are printing this upcoming semester. We did get enough advertising revenue back. <laughs> um, and so things turned out for us, but that's always a risk that you take, obviously. We talked, we had John in August and we talked a little bit about a kind of a summer of COVID and how that affected, you know, at that point you had been out of school since March. Mm-hmm. You had been home the whole time. Um, we spent a lot of time together and we talked about that on the, in the August show, you went back though. And so how did yeah. things change, you know, between August, you went back mid, we, we had you on right before you went back. Mm-hmm. How are things and, and how's the school responded from with technology? I mean, how has it gotten, certainly there are some classes that are remote and you know, that you're, 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 you're doing online. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I think our university was, was fairly well equipped for a situation like this because we already had fairly small class sizes. And so most classes switched to a hybrid schedule where every other class you go in person and on the off ones you you attend on Zoom. And that I feel like was the ideal situation for keeping class sizes down, keeping people spread apart because we don't have huge lecture halls on campus because we don't have huge classes. Everything's a small class size. Um, and so I think that's why we were able to stay on campus with pretty much at full capacity compared to a normal year. We had record enrollment again. Wow. We, we kind of thought class was going to end. Like, I mean, you and I kind of had bets on how quickly yeah, on how you'd be back home. And there was a spike of cases in the county, but those people isolated and the cases went down. They spiked a little bit towards the end of the semester, but it never got too detrimental. We were able to have good contact tracing people wearing masks. People on campus were really good about wearing masks. Oh, that's I'm good. proud of my campus for yeah. people not pushing against that. That's college students. Practices. Yeah. You can always tell college students what to do. And of course they'll do it. Don't drink in the dorms. They definitely don't <laughs> drink in the dorms, right? For sure. Not doing it. <laughs> I, I don't see that happening. Any, um, did the university deploy any kind of new technology? Did anything, did anything kind of come out of this technology-wise that that made the campus better? I don't think so. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. We kind of okay. already had things in place because yeah. we, we have been such a tech-forward campus for do so you, long. Do you feel like you learned as much this semester, so the fall, let's just throw out the spring because it was a mess, as you did last fall? So let's compare it to last fall, pretty normal semester. We didn't have this going on here. Do you feel like the experience was any better, less, different? Talk a little bit about the, if you compare fall to fall. 
if I if you're just looking at my classes, same, same diff, same content, um, for the most part, same class structures. But I feel like as a media student, you, the classroom is not where you learn most of your stuff. Mm. It's in the newsroom and on the job. And that kind of did take a hit. Like a lot of people, a lot of my peers were hoping to slam into our senior year and bulk up our portfolios. And instead, we kind of stagnated because we couldn't be in the newsroom together most of the time. We weren't doing as much on the ground reporting. It was a lot of phone and Zoom and email interviews. And it just it just didn't feel the same as all being in the newsroom together, putting a physical paper together. And that kind of sucks. And that is what it is. And hopefully employers will be able to see that and consider that that like we kept going during a hard time. And that that was a detriment to the normal learning experience that we have as media students of working together and making a product together. Yeah. But, you know, we persevere and we move on. Such is life. Well, the portfolio, it, I think at the end of the day, your portfolio of what you did is actually what matters. And, yeah. you know, you've, you've got an uphill battle to fight, but a lot do going, you know, get, getting, uh, I mean, it's going to be a pretty tough economy for the next year or two or three. I don't know how long it will last, but we we got some tough days. Well, but you've got good support around you, so uh, you'll do fine. Jim uh, Jim Shoemaker's got a couple comments that I want to get in here as well. Um, he kind of feels like go back to our previous comment about maybe endorsing a candidate. Every article that it, you know should start with the disclosure about the paper's position. When you're when you're endorsing a candidate, are you are in the paper? Are you pretty clear? Uh, as far as you know, you said you 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 knew there were some things that had gone on with this candidate that just weren't right. I'm assuming when you're writing those things, you got to be really careful about that, right? Yes, and endorsements are the exception, not the rule. Yeah. It doesn't say in our handbook that you can't endorse a candidate in our paper, but we we don't do it 99% of the time. 99% of the time. We run news stories. We interview both candidates for positions. Um, we run we run unbiased coverage for the sheriff's race. We did full in depth profiles on both candidates. Um, but this was this was really an exceptional yeah. circumstance, yeah. In which it wasn't to to say that both candidates were equally qualified and equally ethical would have been what we call a false equivalency, where you're elevating something to a level that it shouldn't be just because they're on two sides of an issue when one candidate was had exceptional issues. Mm -hmm. Could could you do that same reporting without an official endorsement? Yes. I think that if people had I we it would have had a similar effect just running our profiles, mm -hmm. but I think it did have the false equivalency problem. We run into the false equivalency problem. A good example is climate change. Um, because if you give equal weight to the science that shows that climate change is a thing that is happening versus the detractors with their conspiracy theories, if you give equal weight to those things, you're doing a disservice to the public by giving weight to something that doesn't have as much factual basis behind it. And that's a problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so that sometimes that happens. Most of the time that doesn't happen in politics. But in this case, it did. Well, especially at the local level. Right. It's, yeah. At the local uh, level, when you know these people and you know yeah. people like the families of these people, it gets a lot more personal. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think and it's, it's not just a matter of the issues. It's at the, at the national level, it's a little more, uh, yeah. um, 
oh, what's the word? It's a little more, it just isn't, doesn't, it's not like it's real, but when yeah, you're at the really local separated. level. Yeah. But at the local level, people. those things really matter to the people day to day. And so we get a lot more invested in our coverage in those things. Uh, Jim mentions, he says, some places are ending in the fall semester at Thanksgiving, go home and stay home. Uh, Northwest Missouri State. Man, I Did missed that. out. Yeah. I could have I wore the North. I should have worn my, my gear tonight. What was I'm I wearing thinking? wearing colors. I know. You did, you did well. Um, your schedule, talk a little bit about that. What did, what did the school decide to do this year with you guys? Yeah, that's what our that's what our school did. We started at our usual time in August, but we ended the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And then this upcoming week, what is normally dead week, which is a lot of projects being due, is a time to study for finals. And then we're all having online finals the week after this upcoming week. So I believe the first So you have one more week this this week coming up starting Monday is dead week. Yeah. And then you have finals coming and up. So it's all online. So you can't, people could come back to the campus if they truly had nowhere else to go, but most students went home to their families and are staying there until January. And what, what do you think of that as a student? At first it didn't make sense, but now it makes sense that you don't want to go home for Thanksgiving, catch COVID and then take it back to campus. I think it is a challenge to sometimes stay focused and keep your head in the game when it comes to finals, especially with those, um, like my roommate is the oldest of many siblings. And so like, her house is a little more chaotic around the holidays because she has younger siblings running running around. Um, but I think it really was the best decision for most students to just stay in one place and keep the rest of the people healthy. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like it. I get you for two months instead yeah. of this. Weird, it, it saved me a couple trips going back. Yeah, and, and I get to be with the family and the cats. Unfortunately, and... it's pretty quiet for me here for studying times. Yeah, no, it's good. It it saved me a couple trips. Didn't have to go mm -hmm. back and forth to school, and especially and, once it starts snowing and getting icy. Yeah, keep kind of keep you in the bubble uh, mm -hmm. as well. I mean, for me, is it's also nice knowing that I'm not sending you back with it, or I'm not, or you're not gonna, you don't have one more opportunity to get it and bring it back home. Yep. Right. So, uh, so good stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, cool. Um, how do you feel? So semester's almost over. How do you how do you feel about any other uh, kind of thoughts around a new kind of a new world order for the fall? Just in in how it how the school had to do it to kind of pull it all off. I think that I'm. What are my thoughts? It's tricky to think about because it's so hard to combat the idea that this time was a waste. Like it just feels like I've been held back. But we got to see it as one, we're, we're doing the right thing by taking the right measures and keeping the spread of COVID down until we get vaccines widespread. And you just got to acknowledge that this is an, an exceptional time. Like there's nothing like this that has happened in a very, very long time. And so sometimes things suck. And like, that's the reality of life. And hopefully everybody else that's going to be potentially hiring me and looking at my portfolio or who I'm going to have to work with in the future, they all lived through it too. And they, they probably are sympathetic to the cause of the college student who had to work through all this and try and get a degree during this madness. But, yeah. you know, we're all trying to stay as sane as we can. Well, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself for that. And as one I, does. Yeah, no, no, I get it. It's you. It's you to begin mm -hmm. with. And you have to live with all this. I, I, I take a little more of a, 
kind of a it's all going to work out uh, kind of methodology, right? Uh, through this, and and it will. It'll be tough as we go through it. I mean, I think the good news is is I get to we'll get to go through it with you in a lot of ways, yeah. and so. Um, you know, I, I think the, the, the good stuff's still coming. So we're I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I want to transition a little bit into that, that idea of what's ahead. So I want to talk a little bit about the future for you. I think uh, a lot of it has to do with a lot of the stuff we do here. So I think it's going to tie in. I do want to remind the listeners uh, just one more time, because this coming Thursday, we are going to be doing a special podcast uh, celebrating 10 years of Home Gadget Geeks. And so Christian will be joining us. I got Andrew Morris back. Of course, Mike Weger will be here and myself and a great opportunity to kind of celebrate what uh, we've done over the last 10 years. I'd like you to do something for me. So when you get a second, go out to homegadgetgeeks.com. Bottom right-hand corner, there's a little microphone button. Just click it and leave me a 30-second voicemail about your whatever, whatever you want to leave for the show. How long you you can say first time caller, long time listener. I don't really care what you put it. Well, no, I do kind of care. We're not necessarily looking for praise and recognition as much as I just kind of want to hear from you. So leave us a 30 second message. Head out to homegadgetgeeks.com. Leave us a message. That's coming up this Thursday. Uh, Sammy, I'm going to need to start blasting that a little bit farther and a little bit wider on social media uh, to get folks to do that. But we'd love to have you do that for next week's show, next Thursday, December 3rd. And, uh, and we actually, 10 years ago, recorded the show on December 2nd, and then I posted on December 4th. So this lands smack dab in the middle. We'd love to have you do that, homegadgetgeeks.com. When we think about your future, mm-hmm. and, you know, you've got one more semester. First of all, uh, you got a semester and then a class, a summer class mm-hmm. that you have to take. How are you feeling about, now that you've made it through fall, how are you feeling about spring? Does it you go into spring with some confidence of like, oh, oh yeah, we got this. This is all doable. How do you yeah, how do you less, feel like that? I'm less anxious about the class aspect, for sure. Like once we've made it through this fall, it feels like we're through the worst of it. We kind of got a system down. We're probably going to keep going with hybrid classes because the nature of the beast is that we don't have a vaccine yet. Um, so we got all stay distance, keep our masks on. But we kind of got a groove down. Um, it's the, it's the, after the graduation part, the prepping for job hunting, figuring out real life and real world, um, taking the, taking the work onto my own shoulders instead of just learning through the school newspaper. Yeah. That's very exciting. You've talked about that a lot lately. Like I've, I've heard you're thinking about that a lot more. Does that, is the weight of that bearing down on you a little bit harder now than maybe it was even last summer? Yeah, it just feels real now. Like the, 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 I can see the metaphoric light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know if that's the right metaphor, but like the, the end is in sight and it's like, I'm looking at my degree audit and I'm like checking off the classes and it's like, it's almost all the check boxes are full and I'm going to mm-hmm. have to get senior seminar and get my resume together and do all that stuff. And it feels, it feels like it's time. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden it snuck up on me and I'm like, ah, it's senior year now. It's almost over. I, um, I tell people all the time, um, you know, I, I didn't really, my career didn't even really start till 30, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I tell tech students this all the time, you know, when I meet with them, cause they're, Everybody feels like that first job, like just getting that first job is a big deal. 
And of course, I, you know, I did six years of military or five and a half, let's say. Um, and then, um, you know, spent some time going to college and worked at the bank, you know, and thought I'd maybe go into retail banking. And then we thought maybe we would do some church ministry stuff for mm-hmm. four years or so. And it really wasn't until till till the year 2000 that I got this tech job and I, I thought, man, I'm actually good at this. <laughs> like I should be doing more of this. And I, I took the tech job, not out of thinking I wanted to have a tech career, but it out of desperation. Kind of, I, I had taken a job selling computers uh, in 98. That, that was the, that's when computer prices went from $5,000 a computer to $500 a computer. In those two years I was working for Computer Renaissance, we saw the AOL, um, you know, free uh, sign up for two years and get a free computer, which drove computer prices to the bottom. Like they went literally from $2,000 or $3,000 to almost free or free Mm -hmm. in some cases. You had to, you know, it's like buying a cell phone. You had to take an obligation on. Yeah. Um. In that job, I, you know, I, man, I, I thought I could make some money and I couldn't. And uh, I took a job back with the bank and their IT saved my life in a lot of ways. But I was 30 for that, 32 when that happened. Um, You know, there's, there's, however, I don't want to minimize to you, like it feels like everything is hinging on the first job. And uh, there's, I think. This audience, um, this audience has been around a while. I think they would collectively tell you it's going to be okay. However, that's easy to say, not easy to live through that you're living Mm -hmm. through. So I want to spend the rest of the time and I'm looking for the chat room because we've got some wise individuals out there thinking about this. So we're going to talk about this collectively. One of the things you and I have been talking about right out of the gate, like Mm -hmm. I honestly believe that your future is going to be almost exclusively as a freelancer. Like if you're going to stay in journalism, I just think freelancing is going to be the way it is for the future. And I think freelancing today, or at least the models I've seen is a, is a lot of writing and some podcasting. And so you and I have been kicking around different ideas for podcasts. How do you feel about, I mean, you do great on these podcasts, but how do you feel about having your own podcast? I think there's a lot of pressure to find the right thing. And I think once I let go of that pressure and just start making stuff, it'll come a lot easier that I, I got to let go of the idea that I have to have the right idea, the right podcast concept immediately and just start talking into the ether. And I think things will fall into place and I'll figure out what I want to say or the types of people that I want to talk to. But right now it's, it's nailing down those ideas of, what is what is the idea that I want to portray? Yeah. Because there's so much that I care about, and I'm like, how do I pick a thing? Picking, making decisions has never been my strong suit. Yeah, well, that's what you have me for. So I'm going to yes. help you. <laughs> I'm going to help you make some decisions on this as we move forward. Um, well, <clears throat> it's you know, ten years later, it's easy to say, well, home gadget geeks was the thing, right? Uh, yeah, it made sense. Well, when ten years ago when we started it, I didn't know it'd be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know I'd make it 10 years. We had home tech uh, at the time. That was the name of the show at the time. And then I started fitness tech. I did a financial tech podcast. <laughs> I've done Silicon Prairie News Minute in there. I did Rich's Random Podcast Generator. It was more rich than it was me <laughs> uh, doing that. But but we, tr- we, we tried all these different things just to see what would stick. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly before Home Gadget Geeks was even Home Service Show, which survived for a while. We had Surface that. Geeks. Dave did Surface Geeks for a while. Um, I think you're right. I think the the wisdom is just trying a bunch of things mm-hmm. and see what's successful. Let's talk about what the work I've done at Gallup. Like, yeah, we started with called the coach, but it was really theme Thursday that eclipsed them all, right? And that was mm-hmm. the second one, right? Yeah. Out of it, we tried. Yeah, well, we just crossed a million on that show. You know, we just did our millionth download uh, a couple weeks ago on that one, and you know, you start going, man, a million of anything is pretty great. But um, we've tried some other ones in there, and some of them have been successful, and some of them haven't. Um, I think it's a good. I, I I think you're thinking along the right lines. I don't think I think we should come up with a good idea, mm-hmm. and then just do it. And just see what, just kind of see what happens, right? Just do some things. Mm-hmm. I remember, and you knew Callie Lewis. You you met her, yeah. uh, Loria. Um, she, um, uh, you know, she started Geek Beat, Geek Brief. Well, I can't remember even what the name of it was. It's evolved four or five times. Yeah. And the very early versions are awful. <laughs> They're just terrible, you know, from, from eight or nine or 10 years ago. But she's... You know, and she went through some progressions, did some things differently. If you think about, so let's think about like, if you were to kind of pick a topic today that you think you'd be most comfortable, what what do you think that'd be? I don't know. I also feel like saying it out loud is jinxing it. That's another thing that hangs on the back of my mind is I feel like saying it out loud curses it to being awful. Yeah. (laughs) weird that i have okay but that's a failure to get out of the way yeah like that's then you kind of know okay well that one's that one's that one's not going to work that's kind of i think that's kind of the magic in this is is listen i'm not going to force you to answer that question Mm -hmm. but i think the magic in this is uh knowing that you got to progress through a bunch of kind of things to see listen i've wanted to i've wanted to quit this show Dozens of times in the 10 years that I've done it. I've Uyghur, I probably quit on Uyghur four or five times. And just in the times he's been on at least once a year, I go, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're at the end of this thing, <laughs> you know, and he, yeah. and, he, and he doesn't try to talk me out of it. That's the funny thing. He's like, well, okay. I said, I'll tell you what, let me think about it for a week or two. And then I'll tell you. And then I always, something changes. And I always, I always go, um, you know, I always go back to it. I'm like, no, let's continue to do this. And, you have a 10 year anniversary and you're like, this is pretty great. And I'm lining up guests for after the anniversary. So, um, uh, those along, uh, along those lines, sometimes you just got to kind of keep going. Uh, Jim says two key concepts to getting a first job, your, your network of connections to get great references and tips and your willingness to move to get a job. You're, you're not unwilling. You'd go anywhere, right. For, for, for a job. What was that? Sorry. You'd go. That's Okay. You'd go anywhere for a job, right? I yeah. Mean, you're willing to move. I, I got nothing tying me down right now. Yeah. Yeah. The other gym says freelancing will imply tracking payments and filing taxes. You do kind of have to, if you're a freelancer, you got to kind of, you got to figure those, you know, you're self-employed from yeah. that standpoint. It's, it's, um, uh, Jim says, uh, podcasting for a living seems like it would be very tough, better as part of a whole online presence about something, podcasting, websites, advertising, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Jim, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's a, I, I think in, in the freelancing gig, 
uh, podcasting is just the very first step. That's kind of why I started with it. I yeah. think that's today journalists need to have some kind of presence, whether it's a podcast or something along those lines to, to be out there with. I think it's a part of the component. Uh, some can make it work uh, full-time. Others, others can't. I don't think that's uh, the point. I think uh, part of it is building your resume with your own podcast. I think was my point to get started. That's where I come in. It's it's kind of like a home base for your personal brand is what a podcast kind of is. Yeah. 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 It's like a go-to of this is who you are. This is the kind, this is what your voice is beyond just what you sound like coming at the words coming in your mouth, but like what, what you care about, what you think about, what you have to say. The, the example that I use or that I think about when I think about what you're doing, of course, is Mary Jo Foley from Windows Weekly, a show I listen to a lot of. She's not the only example. Molly Webster. There's been there's a bunch of um, of Veronica who we had on the show uh, here. You, you there's a bunch out there. I think of Mary Jo in the sense that she still writes a ton. Paul mm-hmm. Throt does this as well. You've listened to Windows Weekly. I have with listened me. to a fair amount of Windows Weekly. You You know those voices. I do. Mary Jo does both print and uh, then joins Paul for that podcast. She kind of fell into that podcast 10 years ago. Uh, I don't think she ever intended to be a podcaster, but it's become part of her kind of portfolio. I kind of, since we can and you'll have time, I kind of want to start you going on that so you to help build your portfolio and also to have some things to write about while you're looking and doing because I think that's going to be a, just a part of your role in the future, regardless. And and maybe you don't stick with that podcast very long. Maybe it lasts a season or two or three, and then you move on to something else. Mm-hmm. But I think having that skill, having that online presence, having that ability to be on the mic and answer questions and have that persona, I think for journalists are super important. Yeah. These days, it is the it is the multimedia that people want an ability to being able to write well. They want you to be able to vocalize well and speak and be confident with digital media and new media. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and I think you'll find, I think that gives you some opportunities to find your voice in that find what kind of fall in. I, I think for me, you know, I get a lot of folks now who give me feedback and say, Oh, I love listening to what you do. And some of those kinds of things. And, and I, I realized, well, I've been doing it for 12 years. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of practice doing it. I have a lot yeah. of, um, you know, a lot of water under the bridge. So when you think about writing then, so, uh, cause I think, uh, it's kind of a one, two punch. I think you have okay. to do both podcasting and, and let's call it media from that standpoint, whatever that means, yeah. whether it's being a YouTuber or being on, you know, any of the other platforms, Instagram or TikTok or any of those other ones. When you think about writing though, what, what kind of energizes you? What kind of things do you like to write about? Where do you think your sweet spot in writing is? That was a good question. I think, I don't know. I just like the talking to people aspect of it um, and learning new things through people and writing is an outlet for that. And so I think that's why I'm so drawn to podcasting is it's like whatever medium grants me the ability to talk to people and learn new things, I'm down for it because I'm so curious about people and the world Mm -hmm. and I'm the person who falls down YouTube and Wikipedia rabbit holes in the middle of the night because there's just so much to know. And that sounds like a generic answer, but (laughs) 
Do you, any any topics, anything that you lean towards more, more than others as far as what do you feel like you're being drawn to when you're writing? I, this is a foreign world for me. I hate yeah. writing. Like, I hate oh, it. Oh, I love writing. So, right? I mean, this is, you and I are the same person in a lot of ways, except in this area. Like, you yeah. love it and I hate it. Um, uh, any areas you're kind of drawn towards? can't think of anything off the top of my head i'm the worst under pressure well what are some of your what are some of your favorite stories like what what are you most proud of what have you written that you're most proud of uh i think i did there was sort of a capstone project that i did was it last year um where i talked to two students at northwest who are trans transgender and who got disowned by their families and both had to start gofundmes in order to live and transition to adulthood and living on their own and following them through that process and kind of walking in their shoes was a really good experience for me and I feel like people learned a lot through through reading that it was just kind of like guiding people through their shoes of what that experience was like okay okay so I I think and I think as you say that I mean you're you have some you know, you have Relator high, right? In your yeah. top five, your Clifton Strengths top five. Well, Relator, I think, is in my top 10. Yeah. Empathy is for sure in my top 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, you have individualization as well? Number your, five. Yeah, number five. So I think the people aspect of things are what's important to you. Like, I yeah. think you really like the personal um, the personal stories, the, the areas of injustice when it's affecting yeah. a person. Right. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, See, it's when people, people who are down on their luck, the underdog story, that kind of stuff appeals a lot to me. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of about finding some of those, finding some of those spaces to write about, you know, to mm-hmm. finding, to finding stories. We, you and I have been kicking around an idea of, of um, uh, the idea of this may not really be true, mm-hmm. you know? That so in other true. words, yeah. That might not be true um, of these uh, of these ideas that, you know, where people these broad assumptions that are made mm-hmm. uh, culturally or old wives tales that have been, you know, old myths that have been out there and then digging in to those and and saying, well, they're not really true and may, or it's possible they're not true. And here is why. Um, you know, maybe the element as we think about that, um, maybe the element to that is finding examples in real people for you. In other words, making it come in a way, not yeah. just, not just the facts, but then finding people who will talk about this. Cause I think you're probably a better writer when it's real people, as opposed to just the facts, so to speak. That's I don't sure. know. What do you, what do you think yeah. about that? What do you think about that? I like that. Things are pinging in my brain right now. Yeah. <laughs> Some ideas in that. We, we, um, we, you know, you, we, you and I talk about this all the time. And, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, I've kind of been thinking about, I don't worry about, we get you, you know, we get you home this summer. You still got to finish a class. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll, I'll probably go uh, hard and heavy after f- getting you some assignments. Like, like, okay. Here's some things we're going to do. Are you okay with this? Let's move forward. I'll help you move forward with those kinds of things. Yeah. So it, one of those, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, now that I think about this, 
I love some stories for the average guy.tv that are personal in nature. So, you know, just kind of thinking through the technology bit, but from a personal standpoint, like we don't get, you know, I hate reviews. I just hate them. I hate like, you know, Hey, here's as an example, I was, I just purchased, I bought something uh, technology wise and they sent me in the box, this, this USB enabled light. And I need, I need the battery to make this thing work, but you plug it into a battery and this lights up. And it's bendable, you know, you can use it like a reading light or whatever, you know, it's kind of cool thing. Well, you know, I could review this thing, but I hate doing those kinds of things. Like I really, I'm not a great reviewer, but um, you interviewing, you know, instead of you doing the review, you interviewing people around these kind of technology products or whatever, maybe a, maybe a portfolio builder, right? Some things to write about, to build you got a built-in audience. You don't have to start from scratch. You know, you yeah. get some of those. So, I, by the way, I didn't think of that till just as we were talking about this right now. <laughs> Fresh you know, idea maybe, just now. Hot off the presses. Maybe that's the, I mean, maybe for you, because it's you're, you're so people-oriented, maybe that's the way to, to move, you know, to move forward with it. So how, um, how do you feel about graduating? At this point, like, you know, you're really just a semester in some change away from graduating besides the job thing for a second. Yeah. Like just, that's just like, okay. The, the job thing will always be there. It's always going to be. Yeah. How do you feel about graduating? I think. Hmm, I think I'm ready for a new chapter. I think I've taken a lot out of my university experience and I'm really grateful for it. Uh, but I think that it does, it does looking back, it does feel like I am reaching the end of the university road in terms of experiences. Like there's only so much that you can get out of a university before you just gotta be pushed into the real world. Um, but I am grateful. And I, I remember having conversations with you as a freshman and I'm like, when you look at high school, when you look at yourself as a freshman in high school to a senior in high school, those are two completely different people. And I knew going into college, moving away from home for the first time, being an adult for the first time, having a real job for the first time, as much as a real job, whatever that is. But I knew being a freshman in college, I was like, I'm going to come out of the other side of this thing and I'm going to be different. And like, I just got to be ready for that. And I do feel that way. I do feel like that person that I was is not who I am now. And I'm grateful for the things that are making that difference. Yeah. Well, we've watched it grow over the last four years. I, I think I've had the most fun watching, you know, don't, don't tell the boys this, but you've been a <laughs> lot more fun during college than they were. And, well, they didn't all go I to school. The more traditional college experience of like moving away from home and dorming and yeah, yeah. traveling well, back. I'm glad I only had one to do just to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm not sure, you know, Tim did the Marines and that was fantastic and great experience for him. And, you know, he's yeah. making that transition as well. Um, just wasn't as, I just, it was just different with you than it would have been, yeah. would have, would have been for the boys, but I would agree with you. I mean, I, I feel, I feel it's like I've been you know, in a privileged position to be able to kind of go through that with you. I've learned things about myself through this. I think it's made me a better podcaster, uh, spending time talking to you about these topics and 
these these things. I mean, I feel like I'm better at my craft uh, because we've like we've spent time together. So um, Jim asks in the chat room. <laughs> I really don't want to ask this question, but any any thoughts about going to grad school? No, research is not my thing. I I've never been good at it. I've never liked it. And like that's what the that's what the extended higher education more degrees leads to. And that's just not my thing. That's my best friend's thing. They can do that. Not for me. I would like to get out of academia and talk to people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, as much I think... as academia can be a comfort zone, it's I need to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you get. I think you know you you're gonna have a good you got a good shot at it. We'll have you. Mm-hmm. We'll have you back on the show in the summer when when you get back from it, and uh, you know you got a summer class to wrap up, and you and I are going to launch some projects. I, I'm gonna, I got, I've been thinking through. I have this crazy ability to create all these different options, and some of them will work, and some of them won't work. But but I feel like I've been holding off. There's been things I've wanted to do with you, but just I would have it would have not worked with you being in school. Mm-hmm. We just couldn't have done them at the same time. Yeah. And it took me a couple years to figure that out. I kept kind of prompting mm-hmm. you and then never really went anywhere. And I was like, the time yeah, I, I remember it was like, I think last summer and I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait. Like, I don't have to do these things right now. I don't, I don't have to do these things, but I think once we get school out of the way, we got some excuses. Of course, you'll be looking for a job. So many of those, some of those hopefully get preempted by that. But if, if, you know, as you're looking and such, I think there's, I got some ideas on some things we can try and do that are low, like low risk that you just mm-hmm. got to do. You just got to try. Yeah. Um, I think there's some, you know, there's some things we can do here at the average guy.tv that'll give you a chance to experiment on experiment. Is that the right word? Yeah. It just, that sounded funny when I said it, um, experiment on some things that are low risk for you to, to say, oh, yeah. that's this work. That didn't work. I can try it this way. I can try it that way. Um, you know, so Jim asked the question, what does it take to be a manager in journalism? An MBA, 20 years experience. Do you want to run your own paper? I mean, like, if you were to think, see, I mean, a dream job for you right now, like, if you were to think about what would be the best possible getting started job for you, what would it be in today's journalism world? The best is- Starting job or the end goal? No, let's start. Let's start. Like, let's be reasonable because, yeah, too many, there's too much stuff 20 years from now. Yeah. Right now, if you were to kind of picture your best possible first job, what do you think it'd be? Probably just writing in a newspaper, honestly. Like, that's what I'm set up to do. That's what my skill set is. So, if there's a newspaper that'll take me that lets me write news. That would be cool. Yeah. Do you think that's, does that exist today in today's world? I mean, there's still newspapers. Yeah. There's less of them, but they still exist. Yeah. Well, the good news is, is you're completely movable. So, you know, you can apply to all. Writing for a magazine is also an option because those get a lot more niche and allow you to become more of an expert in something as Mm -hmm. you write. It's just a little bit blurrier between the editorial content and the advertising. Yeah. But you know, whatever pays the bills. <laughs> well, and you've, the, the good news is it's not like you've been, I think sometimes you portray yourself as just going to school mm-hmm. and you've had a internship with a local paper, which yeah. is 
in, which is a, a real deal. Like it's not, this yeah. isn't just kind of some kind of fake journalism. This is no. a real newspaper that gets yeah, done. Yeah. We you cover have, campus and the city. Yeah. And and many so. thing. I mean, that's really what, what journal, a journalism degree is about, is about the job that you do less about the classes that you take. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's an investigative reporter, not that grades aren't important, but she says she's an investigative reporter in Kansas, I believe. And she said, I had a 2.7 and I'm proud of it. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, grades were only important to me when they had scholarships online and we wiped those out pretty quick. So like, I've just been, all I've really wanted you to make through, like just get, get through safe and stuff. Yeah, I agree with you. There are some jobs, uh, there's some prestigious things that where GPA matters. It just it is that those things exist. Most of the other ones don't. They they don't exist. Jim had said it earlier, Jim Shoemaker had said it earlier. It's really about who you know. It's your network of friends. It's the yeah. the people that can help you get into those roles. I I really think you're probably going to have to take a writing job somewhere first. Uh, mm-hmm. To kind of fill the gap until you find that journalism role that you want, and and that's okay. You just need to keep writing. Yeah. I'm going to give you things to write about when you get here, just to keep you know whether you choose to do that or not. It's going to be up to you. I'm not going to make you do anything, but I'm going to give you some some things to start bolstering your resume with, yeah. if that's what you want to do. We're going to figure some things out. We'll probably get you a podcast started, so we get that media mm-hmm. out there. We'll probably work on something for YouTube, so that that. We can do some things. I'll get involved in some of it where you want me to. I will stay out of things where you don't want me to, Um, you know, but it'll just be, you know, just be one of those things. Dave is asking uh, in the chat room, where do you blog? If, if right now, really you're spending all your time on the paper, right? So Northwest Missouri. How do people find that, that work at the paper? Uh, If you go to uh, nwmissourinews.com, I believe. That is our website. Um, and if you just type in my last name into the search bar, it'll pull up things that I've written. Uh, but you can also, we have an issue, issue, um, issuu.com, I believe. Uh, that's where we've been hosting our digital content. We produce basically a physical paper. We, we just don't print it. We put the PDF online. So you can also see our physical things there with all the pretty graphics and, the, and you can click through and read the stories. Yeah, look nice and presentary. And they're 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 I read them all the time. They're great. They're yeah. great to read. Oh, you can it's, also follow me on Twitter. I retweet the stuff that I write on Twitter at Sammy Collison. Well, you have an advantage with this audience uh, because yes. they're on. Many of them are on Twitter as well. Um, I'm going to have you try and you know um, write some some text stuff just to give you just to see where it sticks. I had kind of thought about having you do reviews. We've talked about this before, but I, I think, I think tonight I've kind of thought like, well, okay, maybe reviews aren't the place, but but some tech, some tech stories of from yeah. other people's opinions, right? Of, we need the story. Yeah, reaching Where's out to other. People? Where's the personal aspect? I think yeah. the thing that we need to do is because I have so many interests. I think we just need to put them all on a board and find a through line that we can produce like a season of content with. I think that's the thing is like finding a through line of things that the things that I'm interested in have in common, because there's like the crafting world, the book world, 
I know a ton about online fandom. Like that's a thing that I don't really talk about that much, but I have a ton of expertise in just being in fandom sphere since like 2012. Um, there's just a lot that I know yeah. that I'm just yeah. like not utilizing. And I think we just need to find a through line of things that I can talk about and types of people that I can interview. <laughs> Well, here's the good news. Right now, my energies are really spread. Yeah, they are, and that's okay. Like that's okay. Yeah. I think there's some there's some great opportunities. You know, here's the good news: rent is cheap, food is free, uh, uh, the neighborhood is safe. So, like, yes. <laughs> for now, all those things, those all those basic needs are being. I got met. a safety net, thank goodness. It's it's kind of why I don't worry about it too much. Um, and yet I am. I'm actually I get kind of excited about uh, kind of helping you until you tell me to stop. <laughs> I kind of get excited about helping you like get this thing kind of rolling. I'm going to, you know, kind of held back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I pushed for a while as a freshman and sophomore. I wanted to push. And then I, I, I got a sense like now is not the time. So I pulled way back and, uh, and, and I'll look forward to giving you some opportunities. I think as we, you know, as we look at summer 2021, uh, you know, I think I'll, I'll probably still be home <laughs> working <laughs> Uh, by that point, I don't know. I don't know. But a lot we'll, of people we'll, have learned that a lot of jobs can be done from home and a lot of meetings could have been an email. Yeah. Well, although I do differ with you on that. While it could be email, I don't think it's that's the best. Yeah. I still You're, think... He's an extrovert. You know, I'm an introvert. That's where uh, he and I differ. <laughs> yeah. I just think lots lost in the translation on email. And, and I think sometimes you need that face I'm just so much more eloquent in email. I can just, just put it, I can just condense it into a nice little Yeah. Well, paragraph. maybe you'll bring some writing to the average guy.tv like it has never seen before. Yeah. And, I'll uh, be I'll, your written word. I'll take a few, I'll take a few guest posts from you and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll kind of see where it goes. So I joke well, that Sammy, the podcast yeah. Uh, well, you know, we gotta look out for each other in this, right? But I mean, in a I good way. Yeah. 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 No. Right on. I. I mean, it's not I, like you got a small loan of a million dollars from anybody. You built this from the ground up. Well, and it's not like I'm making any money off this thing. Let's just be. I mean, let's just be very, very transparent. We'll like, you know, we're doing the average. It the average guy TV exists only because I mean, listen, I've got some great folks on Patreon. If you want to support the network, the average guy.tv slash Patreon. I haven't said that over the last couple podcasts, but if, if, you know, that helps, that always helps. And it's, it's great mm-hmm. to have Patreon subscribers and supporters, but that necessarily doesn't, that's not why I do this. It's a different, uh, you know, I exist to help other people and to help other yeah. people tell their stories, right. To have guests on and tell other people's stories and have interesting people, I'm, I have figured out I'm a better amplifier of people than of other people than I am of myself. And so in that, that pulls me along, but it's just, it's just really, really important to, um, kind of, kind of do this for other people. So we'll have, um, I think by summer, by the time we, we kick around, we'll have some new things to start. I think for listeners here of home gadget geeks, you might want to, uh, watch out. Uh, there could be some fun things. Oh, or she finds a job and goes does something more interesting, and I get Who nothing. Knows? I get nothing. We but shall that's, see. Uh, that's that's just fine. Well, Sammy, anything, anything else? Anything I missed? Anything else you want to say on this? I think we can we can wrap this thing. So. But any other thoughts? Pretty much all the all the followers know about my Twitter, but I'll 
boosted again at Sammy Collison on Twitter. That's where my professional stuff is. S A M M I E C O L L I S O N. That's me. That's that's her on Twitter. If you want to follow her there, and um, I'm always surprised at the the traction that's still on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, interesting. If you want to follow me at Jay Collison, we've been, I've been retweeting some stuff. And of course, um, lots of things going on tonight around this. And I always appreciate, you know, Joe and Tony uh, doing some retweets. John did as well. Appreciate you guys uh, retweeting that stuff uh, as well. I mentioned the Patreon group. If you want to join us, I'm setting up a January Patreon meetup again. So if you want to join us in December for that, you can jump in the average guy.tv slash Patreon. I mentioned uh, Discord earlier, and man, we've had some fun over the last couple of weeks. I've kind of committed to every candle that I light. You guys know what that means. I uh, I'm going to post a picture of that in the in the candle. It's not what it's called, but it's called scar in the in the Discord group. And so, if you want to join us over there for that for that conversation, the Average Guy TV slash Discord or any of the tech conversation. There's some great stuff going on. Kevin Schoonover's posting online deals and. You know, I, I'm thinking about Bust Out, who's posting out there all the time. Uh, um, Justin Simmons is, is posting out there. Appreciate you guys doing that. Theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. Leave that message for me for the show next week. You got to do it pretty quick here. The average, uh, let's see, no. HomeGadgetGeeks.com is the way to get that done. You can contact the show. Send me an email, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. If you got an idea or you want to share a story, by the way, just send me an email. And, uh, and, and I'll consider you, I can't take everybody, but I'll consider you to be on the show. Send me an email, Jim at the average guy.tv. If you do want to join our Facebook group, you can do that as well. Facebook.com slash group slash the average guy, or you can just go to the average guy.tv slash Facebook. Will that get you there? Big thanks to Christian over at Maple Grove partners, get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know, and you trust. And of course that's Christian over at Maple Grove partners, visit Maple Grove partners, alloneword.com. And while you're there, sign up for a free, I shouldn't say free, sign up for a hover account because it's not free. Sign up for a hover account, theaverageguy.tv slash hover. Get $2 for new customers, $2 off your first domain and uh, and get some great hosting while you're out there as well. And join us next Thursday. Next Thursday, 10 years. Sammy, 10 years. you were I like- was 12 years old. I know. What were you doing when you were 12? What was going on? I was in middle when, school. You know, eighth <laughs> grade? Was that eighth grade for you? Uh, that would have been seventh grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, around that. Who time. who were the popular bands in seventh grade for you? Uh, Lady Gaga mm-hmm. was just a, becoming a thing. Like Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, like wow. those they like Born This Way was just happening. And now here we are. Here we are, ten years later. <laughs> ten years later. Well, what's not ten years later is the end of the show. So we are live every Thursday, eight p.m. Central, nine Eastern including next week. We are live. Join us live. If you come out here, theaverageguy.tv slash live. We'll get you there as well. Fun show coming up next week. Sammy, thanks for coming on. It's always fun to catch up with you. Appreciate you. Come on. Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. We will see you all next week. A little short post show. If you're listening live, thanks for joining us with that. We'll say goodbye, everybody.